0: Hello, and welcome to another stirring episode of the Feudal Future Podcast. I'm Marshall Toplansky. I'm Joel Kotkin. And first of all, Happy New Year. Happy 2022. Joel? Well, you know, hopefully it's going to be better than 2021. <laughs> <laughs> well, things are, things are already looking up. Um, today's episode is a very special one for us. Uh, it's about the research that Joel and I have been involved in for the past year about rejuvenating the California dream. Joel, you want to give us a little historical context sure. about uh, what, what dream we're trying to, to revive here?
1: Well, this is why I think this is important to people who are not in California. In a, in a lot of ways, you can think of the US, the California as sort of the U.S. cube. The, the California dream is the final, if you will, iteration of the American dream. It is this idea of an economy that is that is full of opportunity that allows people to live um, a very high quality of life that is driven by a very diverse economy and a very diverse population um, and it really was sort of the the dreamscape not just of the united states but really of the world everyone looks at california as this great model and the problem is it is still a great place where we're both still committed to staying in california but things have changed. And that California model, as we can see it, and as we, we found in our research, is really threatened. And if that model doesn't work, it has a lot of implications for the future of the United States. Well,
0: and You know, it's just worth taking a second. You know, after World War II, um, the economy of the U.S. was completely remade. And, of course, California didn't have a whole lot of people in it, and the exposure of uh, military people right. and, uh, and the and uh, the the uh, industrial machine of the United States to California <clears throat> attracted people, along with the climate and all the other wonderful things that we like about California.
1: Universities.
0: Univers- well, it, it, it attracted people to California, and it allowed us to create an entirely new way of thinking about what a place should be like. You know, you think about... New York or Chicago or Boston—the older models were really European models or <clears throat> early Industrial Revolution models. Um, they weren't. They weren't what California turned into, right? California turned into um, a land of opportunity where you could really remake a lot of the fundamental industries, a lot of the fundamental relationships between people in society. <coughs> Excuse me. So it became a lot more of a diverse and open kind of an environment.
1: And you think about it in almost every area. Um, food, uh, sex, uh, entertainment, music.
0: Right, all of the revolutions of, of people's behavior uh, were associated with... Architecture. With, with, right, with California. Furniture design. <laughs> but, but what... And what, what drove that was the meshing together of people who in older societies were kind of kept separate, right by ethnic group, by racial group, whatever, it, whatever those, those um, distinctions were in old societies, that was blended together in the new society of California and the key was bringing in new people all the time, getting new thinking and that's why we have such a great university system, that's why we have such great experimentation with different kinds of technologies one of the reasons why the space industry, for instance, grew up here, even though you kind of think of it as maybe a Texas or an Alabama thing, really, the, most of the innovation in the space industry came out of and California. And still,
1: to a great extent, still.
0: So the question that we have is, what's going on? Why is all of this seeming to stagnate? Um, and is it, in fact, stagnating? So we did, we did a lot of research. We, we, have a research team of 10 people who have been examining the California economy, the California society uh, for a couple of years now and collecting statistics and doing research, doing surveys and what we're finding is that California is no longer the preeminent competitor in, um, in innovation and in a lot of different industries that in fact other in other states are attracting companies, they're attracting, uh, they're attracting uh, jobs to their areas, at the expense of California.
1: And I think this is what, what what's most disturbing, is we feel that a lot of the California leadership is just delusional about what's going on. And I think there's a good reason for this. Always one reason, which is we have had very significant GDP growth, a lot of it because we have. We have three of the five most valuable companies in the world. We have a venture capital uh, industry, which, although it's not as completely dominant, is huge. We have a large number of people who have also made a lot of money on on real estate. So on one set of, of standards, California is doing as well or even better than the rest of the country. It's when you start looking at how that is working out for the average Californian, and you begin to find that given the cost of living here and given the lack of higher paying jobs, we have the highest poverty rate in the United States, we have the biggest gap between middle and upper incomes, we have just about the lowest home ownership rate. So there are all these things happening and people are leaving, you know, people say.
0: And that's really the point, Joel, is that, that, you know, this is not new. If you've been following us for a while, you know that we've been bringing out statistics like this. But what is new is that people are voting with their feet. Um, And COVID exacerbated that to some degree, where people were basically saying, look, I now have options, even as a highly paid, you know, uh, professional services worker, Uh, or innovation worker to live someplace else. And by the way, I'm going to do that because I can't afford to live here anymore. And so in a lot of ways, we're worried that the state and its leadership are really sitting back on their laurels. There's a kind of a denial about the fact that um, we are in a competitive fight with other states who have a lot more intentionality about their strategies for bringing... Innovative industries, uh, industries that the that California has said, well, we don't really want anymore, such as extractive mineral, mineral industries or um, uh, or manufacturing industries, um, and they're attracting them, and they're attracting the jobs, and people are going. You know, why am I putting up with this? I mean, you're the statistic that that our colleague Wendell Cox came up with, which is great, which looks at the cost of living um, and adjusts the median income based on the cost of living shows that if you're living in Mississippi, you're actually making more adjusted for the cost of living than you are in California. No, I, which is astounding, right? Because you think of places like Mississippi as always have been being associated with poverty. Right. Um, and the idea that a, a middle income worker or a lower income worker is actually having more in their pocket and have more spending power in a place like that, than California, well, we can't ignore that.
1: And and the and the big thing that we found is it's not you know we're not competing fundamentally with Mississippi and Alabama, um and and you know even the let's say some of the Great Plains states, who we're competing with we and we identified it are states, Colorado, Washington State, Arizona, Texas, Tennessee, Utah, Utah, Utah
0: especially in. You know, if you if you look at the innovation industries, right, the the industries which are at the leading edge of the next economy, um, you know, obviously Silicon Valley and and San Diego, which is doing a fantastic job, uh, are leading, uh, you know, and and continue to be solid in terms of leading that industry, but Texas, Utah. Washington State, Arizona, they are growing jobs and businesses on a per capita basis much, much faster than we are. We looked at jobs, job growth in particular, over the last 30 years. So this is not a, you know, a a one-time thing. We've gone through ups and downs in the economy. So we picked a 30-year period to look at it. And if you look at per capita job growth, um, we're uh, among uh, let's say the 10 states that we that we compete most heavily with we're at the bottom yeah and and
1: what what is scary is that that some of the biggest losses are in two in very 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 important categories one is professional business services which is really the biggest uh, sector of high wage jobs well and
0: that's where that's right that's where the high wage uh, propensity
1: is, and that, you know, and when you lose a a Toyota or a McKesson, or a, a, or a a, a a Schwab, those are the kind of jobs that you're losing. But we're also losing in construction, in in some of the uh, warehousing, and particularly um, uh, you know, in manufacturing.
0: Well, so the other thing, Joel, that that really struck me as we were doing our research um, is the why yes you know what's what's really going on here and uh it was a wonderful uh uh set of research done uh at the hoover institution in um, in stanford that looked at uh business migration and found that it's accelerating dramatically uh over the past uh, over the past uh, uh, couple of years but the number of companies that are moving their headquarters out of California to other states is growing dramatically and the placement of new projects where they hire people and bring capital in, the propensity to put that stuff in California is really way, way, way down. And it's because we have not only, obviously, it's not in the financial interest of, of businesses to locate here or to do those projects, but the attitude toward businesses of state government is really poor in california as we look at other states there's as i I said earlier there's much more intentionality right there's there's much more of a much more of a favorable ear that's being lent
1: and i think when you talk to people from these other states who by the way have learned from california if you look at north carolina you look at texas you look at tennessee you look at arizona they've taken our model it, that we developed here in California, um, education system, freeway system, uh, infrastructure in general, um, trying to create areas, you know, incubate um, areas that specialize in certain industries. These other states have now done this and they're doing it at a time when we think, it's kind of hubris, hubristic, we think they have to be in California. You have to be in California. And the reality is you don't have to be in California. Just as New York is learning that finance can be conducted from Miami as easily as from Manhattan. And and so what we lose, even if we don't lose a headquarters, we lose the next step, the next expansion. So you have Apple putting a lot of their engineering now in Austin. You have Uh, You have Elon Musk moving his company to Texas. And when you look about, okay, what is SpaceX, which I think is maybe the most important company in California in many ways in the long term. We have SpaceX, but where are they going to do most of their their launches? Where are they assembling the rockets? They're not doing it
0: here. Well, you know, it's worth spending just a second to talk about what we mean by hubris. Right. Right. In this particular case, it means we have our head in the sand. Right. right if you listen to what's coming out of the um, California state government <coughs> excuse me the the um, the line that's coming from the economic development people is that we don't have a problem that we're number one we have the resources we have the infrastructure we have the environment um, that is attracting people we have the largest number of jobs what 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 do I need to worry about that for? So our head is in the sand, yes. not just because it, it, not just because we're taking it for granted, but because other states aren't.
1: And and here's a very important point because California leadership likes to think of themselves as embracing social justice and being places where uh, you know where California is a great place for minorities and outsiders. And, and the reality is, it's not that case anymore. Minorities actually do better elsewhere. Many, let say, African Americans are leaving places like San Francisco. Somebody even did a movie called "The, the last, last, black, man, last Black Man in,
0: in San Francisco." The last yeah. black
1: man mm-hmm. in San Francisco. You have um, you have this very high level of poverty. You have um, California has most of the areas where it's hard for new home buyers to buy a house. So. We've just sort of bought or we've been sold a, a series of things that say, well, if you're against California, you're a conservative reactionary, but I don't consider myself a conservative or a reactionary. <laughs> right. What I am concerned about as an old social democrat is what is going to happen to the next generation, to the immigrants, and to, and, and to minorities in general. Well,
0: and you know what? So, to some degree, Joel, we're being, we're being handed a gift in the form of COVID. I know that sounds a little perverse, right, given the tremendous, you know, cost that COVID has had on society, but COVID is actually remaking a lot of the relationships between employees and employers, Um, which, and government is usually late to adapt to to changes like that, but for instance, um, the idea that now you can work from anywhere should be a trigger for government to create incentives for people to live in less expensive places and build out um, inland California. Right. not just you know here in the Los Angeles area where we are, the Inland Empire, but the Central Valley, the um, the Sacramento uh, Valley. Uh, there's a lot of things that can be done to create housing, for instance, uh, in in a in a in a faster way. Uh, and maybe ease up on some of the very restrictive regulations that have been put in place in the coastal plain. Uh, we can do things to be able to create uh, opportunity zones for companies to not just do capital projects, but to create jobs uh, and, uh, and business establishments in these areas to be able to incent more people to move to less crowded areas. A lot of stuff that we can do in that regard
1: and and i uh, and you could provide for instance to reduce ghca you bring businesses where people can afford to live so they don't have to do the death march on the 91 uh every day which does you know, nobody any
0: good the the, the move toward um, electric cars yeah. you know uh the whole notion that um commuting is bad from an environmental perspective comes out of the fact that we have gasoline cars and we have pollution that happens right. you know um, well, what happens when we move to gasoline based cars? Do we still want to um, uh, have the same mindset or is it suddenly not so bad and, and the
1: and the cars even that have gas now are much more efficient, much cleaner than they were so
0: well and and we can build you know if you think about the range of uh, of electric cars, if we can create incentives for businesses to move to satellite areas to inland areas and have less pressure on longer-term commutes uh, with no environmental impact, I mean, why wouldn't we do that?
1: And then, of course, we can provide incentives for people to work at home or for companies to have people work at home. By the way, other states are doing this. Right. Other states are very aware. I mean, um, I've worked in, in places uh, like in Arkansas and in Tennessee um, where they're encouraging this. California has a, a funny way. We think of ourselves as being on the cutting edge, but I think part of the hubris is we are so convinced that we have all the answers, we don't look around and say, well, what are other people doing?
0: Well, and you know, we're producing some really smart people. Right. Our university system is, is still one of the, is the envy of the world, right? right. But look at how, what percentage of those people actually get jobs in California. Right? The... Uh, the the talent that is being created in California is largely being exported to fuel the growth of other states.
1: And we are seeing at the same time a migration of educated, fairly affluent, younger families who can't, can't have the California dream. So they say, all right, well, the California dream may be better than the American dream, but the American dream is better than no dream. And, and so, and so you, you have that migration. And really scary to me, is I think the foreign immigrants have been the key,
0: certainly in the last 20, 30 years here in California. And yeah, you know, just a quick thing on that. If you think of back to what I was saying earlier about what the genesis of the California dream was, which was the blending together of people that are coming into California from all sorts of different places, over the past 10 to 15 years, um, the immigration from other countries into the United States and into California in particular has been a tremendous, uh, a tremendous catalyst for creating innovation. If you look at the statistics in California, our numbers are way down.
1: Yeah, other states are getting more foreign-born. Los Angeles is actually losing foreign-born population. I mean, clearly the, the immigrants have a network, and they're saying... You know, for what you can do, you're better off in Texas. You're better off in Arizona. You're better off in Nevada.
0: Well, and jobs are moving there at a faster at a faster pace.
1: And the cost of living is lower. Right. So, you know, although we both believe that California is superior to every state, which you know, this, you know, I've been here for fifty years, so I can call myself a Californian. Um, but, you know, as we say at the beginning of the report from Satchel Page. Don't look back, somebody's gaining on you. We are in a competitive situation, not just with other, other places in the United States. We're competing with India, uh, particularly on the software side, we're, con- we're competing with China on almost everything. And we have got to realize that we as a state have got to up our game. And you know, the, the, the problem has been very unfortunate Conservatives attack everything about California, and they think that any California dysfunction, it, you know proves their case, and you know they, they can certainly make that point. Liberals and or progressives think you can't say anything bad about California, or you're, you know you're attacking progressivism. I don't really give a damn if it's conservative or liberal, progressive, reactionary. I care about how do we make life better. California and how can it we make it possible that my kids can actually have the option of living in California and and, and that's the issue and and it, it's this insane political environment where you can't say this and you can't say that and I will say this right now many of our major newspapers simply don't cover what's going on when we present to our very great editor at the LA Times when we present stuff she says you know we send it to her but she doesn't read that in her own newspaper. How often do you read that California now has the highest unemployment rate in the country? Right. You don't even hear about it.
0: Well, and, and it's, you know, people are, see, people seem to be very happy to accept the top line of statistics, the headline numbers, without really diving into what's really going right. on. And it obscures a lot. And that's really, you know, when you think about what we're going to be doing over the course of this next year in 2022. That's gonna be one of our themes, one of our missions. We're gonna be uh, releasing our report um, at the end of of January. We're gonna be holding events across the state where we're going to be hopefully educating people on what the facts are and providing some suggestions about how we can change policies to be able to help California grow. And we hope you stay tuned to us and uh, and uh, participate in some of these in some of these events, regardless of where you are uh, in the state over the next uh, over the next year.
1: And our approach is overwhelmingly the old dragnet approach, just the facts. And we're going most of the uh, uh, of this paper is reports from BLS, from census, from from third party sources um, and in terms of surveys. And so we are not trying to spin something we want people in the legislature and in business community and in, in the city halls to say, here's what the data says. Now, you can make different reasons why it's happening or how you correct it, but let's agree that we have a, a serious issue and that we need to address it.
0: Well, and hopefully we will be able to create some sense of common will. You right. know, one of the things that's afflicting society here as we start 2022 is this tremendous polarization. And as you were saying, you know, one side doesn't listen to the other. But the problem with that is not just that we end up with angry debate, we lose a sense of common purpose. And that's something that I think the facts can help can help us really coalesce around to be able to say, hey look, what is it that we really want for everybody here? And um, <clears throat> that's what our goal is for 2022. So thank you for being such a, a loyal listener to, uh, to uh, the Feudal Future podcast and uh, Joel, it's been a pleasure uh, collaborating with you for the, last, for the last year on the show, and hopefully 2022 will be a, another exciting year for us.
1: And we hope that maybe we'll actually get to meet some of you. We're going to be sending out information on events, already one scheduled here in Orange County. We're working on several in Los Angeles, in Fresno, in Bakersfield, and in the Bay
0: Area. And, and by the way, just one um, <clears throat> bald-faced pitch. You know, it, it actually takes money for us, to do what we do in terms of research. If you're so motivated and you think that what we're doing is important, we would love to have your support. If you go to feudalfuturepodcast.com, we'd love it if you could uh, donate to our to our research efforts. It's a not-for-profit effort and uh, we would uh, uh, greatly appreciate uh, your involvement. So thank you and uh, have a great uh, have a great 2022. We look forward to being involved with you.